Hello and welcome aboard to this episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to following the entire story of One Piece from beginning to end as we focus on one volume each episode. We keep the discussions forward for you for new fans of the series. So this is the perfect place to follow along, whether you're new to the series or just want to revisit the world of One Piece with us. This week, we will be covering volume 16, Carrying on His Will, which covers chapters 137 through 145. My name is Joel, and I'll be your host. And joining me today, we have Sean. Hey, this is Sean. Glad to be back. And we have Evan. Hello. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, glad to have Sean back. Um, so we'll get Sean's updated rankings uh, towards the end of the episode. Uh, so for right now, we're just going to move right along. Uh, we're going to get a quick recap of the last volume. Sanji was able to get his hands on an eternal log post to Alabasta that was meant for Mr. Three. The Straw Hats now had a way off of Little Garden, but still had to get past the massive island eater sea monster. Dory and Bragi used their might to take out the sea monster, clearing a path for the Straw Hats. Captain Smoker had intercepted a transmission from Mr. Zero and was able to pick up a lead that the Straw Hats might be heading to Alabasta. Back at sea, Nami came down with a serious fever. With Nami unable to navigate, the crew decided they needed to find a doctor as soon as possible. Along the way, the crew ran into the ten tyrant pirates led by Wapple, the former king of the drum I'm sorry, the former king of the drum kingdom. After a brief battle, Luffy was able to send Wapple flying. The first island the Straw Hats could find was Drum Island. They meet the leader named Dalton, who agrees to help them, but he explains the island only has one doctor. The catch is the doctor is a witch who only comes down from the top of the mountain sporadically. Determined to get treatment for Nami, Luffy begins carrying her up the mountain with Sanji's help. Wapple returns to Drum Island, seeking revenge on Luffy to take back his kingdom. As Luffy and Sanji try to get Nami to the top of the mountain safely, they encounter the fierce Wapins, who begin to cause an avalanche. Sounds like a good place to start here. Uh, chapter 137, Avalanche. After missing their turn to Giasta, Vivi and Usopp got stuck going up the mountain as they begin to hear a rumble. At Bighorn, the villagers begin to panic as an avalanche starts making its way to them. Luffy and Sanji now find themselves running down the mountain to avoid being swept away by the massive avalanche. They find a tree on top of a ledge and try to get above the avalanche, but it was no good and the tree got swept away as well. Luffy is able to grab a hold of the tree, so they ride on top of it uh, to ride down the avalanche. Looks like the Lopins uh, had the same idea as the snow uh, as they uh, surf down the snow um, on the mountain on some logs to continue attacking them. Up ahead, they see a rock that they can't avoid. Sanji sacrifices himself to save Nami by pushing Luffy off, giving him a chance to grab onto something. As Sanji is swept away, Luffy tries to grab his hand, but only manages to pull back his club. As the village is about to be buried, Wapo and his men jump onto Robson to save themselves as they abandon the villagers. Usopp and Vivi find themselves running down the mountain to avoid the avalanche too. Luffy puts Nami down and drives and dives into the snow after Sanji. As the avalanche settles, Wapple is able to eat his way out of the snow, but now buried village. Wapple suspects the Straw Hats were responsible for causing the avalanche, since they were going up the mountain. He decides to go after them. Back over on the mountain, the baby Lopin tries to pull its parent out from being buried under the snow. Luffy, now carrying both Nami and Sanji, helps and pulls Lopin out, reuniting the two. As Luffy continues, Wapple and his men have caught up to them. All right, so we're getting um, 
a pretty uh <laughs> pretty crazy start to uh this volume we, we start out with things uh, kind of moving quickly here and there's kind of a lot going on so uh who wants to start off on this one um i just gotta say to as a reminder that nami comes first nami comes second nami comes third <laughs> nami comes fourth and nami comes fifth yeah in the words, in the words of sanji <laughs> i mean that's true <laughs> so good <laughs> I love the surfing slash like snowboarding down the mountain on the trees. Yeah. And the Lopins are doing the same. So cool. <laughs> Such a great scene. Yeah. The Lopins um, knew what they were doing when they're causing the avalanche. <laughs> like, so that they have oh, like, yeah. a system in place. So it's like, we're not going to be affected by the avalanche. We're still going to have control of the situation. No, they trying to get Luffy and Sanji and get away. How did they lose control of the situation then, though? Because, I mean, one of them does. Did I miss something? Did that love the, the, the big lop and get hit by a tree or Luffy intercept them or something? Or just it was just too big of an avalanche? I think maybe that was just like the weak link of the, the Lopins. Like uh, all maybe, the other ones yeah. have been practicing their just, uh, snow surfing <laughs> <laughs> or snowboarding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this one just um, maybe they're worried about their baby and they, they took a dive. Valid. Yeah, I don't think they actually show like how they got stuck in the snow. Um, oh, it sort of. It, uh, Sanji does, yeah, kind of impact one of them after he sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. You see, oh, so Sanji uh, falls in, into in, it. Yeah, in between Sanji, uh, Luffy screaming, Sanji. You see him whack into it. Yep. Oh, there it is. Yep. Okay. There you go. I, I didn't even see that until now. <laughs> yep. There it is. <laughs> and then it snowballs from there. <laughs> I love that Luffy's oh, initial yeah. <laughs> an, initial reaction isn't, or at least he doesn't express it as, "Oh no, Sanji could be hurt." It's you idiot, don't try to hog the glory. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, "Oh, you know, this is my victory." <laughs> but then he feels a bit more concerned. I think. Yeah. Um, that was a great moment when he goes fishing for Sanji and just pulls back his glove. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> The image of Luffy pulling the parent Lopin out of the uh, snow with the, just the one veiny muscle arm, though. <laughs> Oda always reminding us that that Luffy is totally yoked. Just, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. And then, yeah, and then like Luffy not saying anything, and then like his eyes kind of covered. Yeah, so like he's in like serious mode. Exactly, so, like, he's focusing on the task, and he's just kind of casually helping the Lopin. So, yeah, I, I love those moments when Luffy's like kind of serious like that. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. As much as I hate him, I must appreciate uh Wapple's. Uh. Well, it's not. I don't have to like Wapple to think that the the white walkie or woolly hippo <laughs> is a amazing. Just like they're just so comfortable in snow that half the time they're like hunched over and then their legs <laughs> get really bigger. It's a great little diagram that's included. Yeah, that little yeah. factoid is so awesome. I love that. <laughs> Some solid character design right there. Yeah. Robson, hurry up. It's gaining on us. <laughs> Robson, serious mode. <laughs> Robson, serious mode, just like Luffy. <laughs> um... Then, yeah, like, direct move by Wapple. Like, he has, like, his man get on. And then, mm. like, he abandons the villagers. Like, he's like, this is a guy who's trying to lead this kingdom. Uh, and he shows, like, it's all about him. Yep. Very clear. It's like, I don't care about you guys. You guys can just die in the avalanche. Also, his I, his mouth really becomes like 
as big as a house, like to eat all that snow. Like I'm just realizing the, I forget just how colossally huge of bites that he can take. Like he's got a big mouth. He's got a big mouth. Um, he actually swallows his uh, henchmen in the his henchmen as well. I thought you. T- I thought I tasted something rotten. <laughs> <laughs> something tasted rotten. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um. Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a good chapter, solid chapter with some some uh, very self sacrificial moves by Sanji. But Luffy ain't having that shit. We're all getting up the mountain. <laughs> I do love these panels here showing like the little baby Lopin. I mentioned it, like last episode how I thought the Lopin like the baby Lopin was like kind of cute like in its own ferocious way, mm-hmm. and then like over here it's kind of struggling. I feel really bad for it. So yeah. I'm glad that Luffy decides to, to help the the parent Lopin. Helps the baby, and then like the panel where they're like reunited, the the baby's like hugging the parents. It's, it's pretty heartwarming. Yeah, it's very all bad. Exactly. <laughs> and Joel, to what you said with Bopple abandoning his village, it's not the first time. Right. Yeah. It won't be the last. Certainly <laughs> not. The last. <laughs> One thing I really love about the art is I think we'll see more of it too, is because there's so much snow. Like it really kind of has like this very clean look where like there's a lot of like white, like both like in the like the ground and like in the sky. And then like there's just like a lot of it's like a very like almost like an absence of like other details because like there's just so much white, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty fitting. But it's also very different from what we've seen in the series so far. So I kind of like that we're going to like, uh, like a different environment to kind of switch things up. It's not all just like uh, like at the sea. We've been like, like you know at the ocean a lot, um, but yeah. So this is like a a different kind of uh, location that we've seen so far. Environmental art at its finest. Yeah, I agree. The snow, like this, the way they they show snow is really cool with those massive kind of like snowflakes, but mm. really like brings you into the scene. Yeah, um, I think we even had like a panel of like this, like the snow falling too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like towards um, the middle of the chapter before Wapo comes out, we can see like the snow falling, and I'm I'm starting to notice where um, Oda's doing these smaller panels. I've I mentioned it before. It's not quite exactly what I was saying before, but like um, it'll be more consistent later on where he'll start doing these actual transition panels to show change of location. But he is starting to use like these smaller panels to show. So like transition, I think it's more of like time passing mm-hmm. in, in this sense, and not so much location. Uh, but I just think it's interesting um, with the paneling and how that's changing. Yeah, I like that. It's almost like a fade out kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's effectively done. I, I like seeing it like in the middle of um an arc like this like a lot of times i feel like he's been using it in like the bottom corner like as it fades from one page to a new page yeah kind of like just switching up the scenes with that is kind of just like a transition is nice yeah and like you said this is such a cool new environment to us it's cool like you know drawing attention to that and really like you know getting us in the the winter island mood Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, are we ready to move on? Let's do it. 
Yep. Okay, so before we get into the next part of the chapter, uh, we'll do the next part of the cover story. Django's Dance Paradise, Volume 10. A disguise is necessary. Five seconds until Django's true face is revealed. <laughs> Five seconds. Five seconds. <laughs> Five second rule. I can't wait that long. Not wanting to be recognized, Django begins to remove his signature shades. Oh boy. Man, can't wait. <laughs> All right. And then uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit um, this episode. So we're going to have Evan do some of the summaries as well. So we'll have Evan take this one away. I'm gunning for a captain. <laughs> Taking a page that stops a uh, book. Yeah. <laughs> captain Evan. <laughs> All right. Chapter 138, The Summit. Luffy, carrying an inc incapacitated Sanji and Nami, is confronted by Wapple on his white walkie. Luffy ignores them, to which Wapple takes great offense and orders Kuro, Marimo, and Chess to kill them all, starting with the sick and injured. Luffy evades their attacks, doing his best not to jostle, jostle his wounded crewmates. Wapple grows impatient and announces his next move, snow powder makeup. Luffy looks back to see his pursuers and where have they gone? Luffy hesitates, shocked by their absence, and is nearly swallowed whole by Wapple, who has camouflaged himself perfectly into the snowscape. Luffy is caught off guard. Just then, Kuro, Marimo, and Chess reveal themselves and have him surrounded. Check me. But just before they could deal a fatal blow, two polar bears appear and take down Kuro, Mimo, and Chess with their massive paws. Oh wait, those are actually Lapins, who are returning Luffy's <laughs> kind deed with impeccable timing. As the, last, as the Lapins gang up on Wobble and Co, Luffy makes it to the base of the mountain. With Nami tied to his back and Sanji firmly held between his teeth, Luffy begins the vertical, the nearly vertical ascent under, underprepared and underdressed. After many grueling hours, Luffy reaches the castle at the summit, his hands bloodied where he collapses in complete exhaustion at the cliff's edge. In a stroke of unbelievably bad luck, the cliff edge crumbles under their weight, and Luffy, Nami, and Sanji all plummet helplessly to their foot. Miraculously, a hand reaches out and grabs Luffy, saving our pirates from an icy grave. But whose hand? A shadowy figure with an X on their hat? At the base of the mountain, Wapple and his henchmen have dealt with the Lopins and seek revenge on the Straw Hats. All right, cool. All right, who wants to take it away? <laughs> Uh, I mean, talk about any, any of you ever seen the uh, movie or know of the, uh, climber, the, uh, was it called free freehold or something? He's a, I, I forgotten exactly. I, I should know the, remember the name of the, <laughs> but, um, it's is this it free guy solo? Who, free solo. Free solo. <laughs> yes. I the guy who, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a difficult watch at times. Yeah. It is the, he, do you know what it's about Joel at all? Or, uh, I'm guessing somebody. Uh, mountain climbing mountain climbing no harness no safety net it's just him his hands uh maybe some climbing gloves i don't i don't even think that i think he's just barehanded he falls he dies end of story yeah um and he climbs this whole friggin like uh it's this l it's the spanish name cliff el capitan or something it's crazy and that's i was thinking of that watching luffy climb this here just like 
Absolutely. Good Lord. Just, it's this grueling, just like, I mean, I can't even fathom it. I, I, I've tried climbing walls at gyms and I'm like, Oof, that's enough for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be up there. Yeah. I'll be up there eventually. And uh, it's, it's, it's as well depicted in terms of just the sheer, sheer tenacity that uh, Luffy uh, requires. And I didn't have to carry two other people and neither did hmm. Alex Honnold. So uh, that's that's <laughs> somebody in his teeth <laughs> with, with like a jacket in his teeth. And I love Luffy thinking quickly. Uh, not reaching one of his hands down to catch Sanji, but reaching his head down and grabbing yeah. it with the teeth, just the way he does that is so comically great. It's a great moment. Yeah. It's um, but it's all, I would argue, worth it for one of the most glorious environmental shots in the whole series of the castle and that huge, huge page of the, the layout is just absolutely, that is a picturesque, absolute, just like, that is straight out of a like a fan like you could put that in a fantasy manga and I'd be like, oh, I'm reading Berserk or something like it's just absolutely gorgeous work there. And it really and like even Luffy's got to be like, that's a pretty castle. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right before he just conks out. <laughs> yeah, Evan, what did you think of this chapter? Yeah, I totally agree with uh, what Sean's saying. It's such an epic climb for for luffy it's a there's a three hours later panel i, mean, I for, forgetting like it's like even longer than I mean, insane how long yeah. he's climbing um and it's like hands are bloodied and yeah sanji has a near-death experience that he'll never know about <laughs> and uh yeah it was a pretty epic climb i also really love the loppins hopping in and uh uh repaying luffy for his kind deed in the, at the end of the last chapter a yeah, great payoff um, kind of buying them some time that was great also the fight scene with waffle and his his powers like being able to camouflage himself into the snow yeah i, I love that panel with like waffle coming out like that yeah, yeah the mouth just appearing <laughs> and then luffy doesn't expect it. he's not looking that way and waffle comes out from out of nowhere so cool. And then the whole time, Luffy can't fight back. He thinks back to what Sanji said about how like any any blow will like will be enough to like kill Nami. So right. he doesn't want Nami to die. So he's taking it very seriously, and he's still um, at a disadvantage because he can't fight back. So he's just doing a lot of dodging here. And uh, to my point, like earlier, uh, again, like um, I feel like I was really experimenting with different panel layouts here. Um, like once um, the Wapins come in and hold off Wapple and his men, um, we see like the transition. And like Luffy is very determined. We he, like he's just he, he keeps saying like Doctor, Doctor, like to kind of like keep himself going and stay motivated. That's good and stuff. He, he's like he gets to the bottom of the mountain. He's like I can't even see the top. <laughs> he's like, All right, well, well, I guess we're doing this. Well. And, like, just like the look of like pure determination on his face. Um, yeah, and then like. His hands like start bleeding from like like the rocks and from slipping. Uh, yeah, just this is like a really great moment in the series and very a very great like look at Luffy as a character and like the kind of person he is. Like that he would go to like these lengths and like he's not going to give up on his friends no matter what. And um, yeah, just I just really love this like example of 
uh, Luffy as a character. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, you're so right. It's such a great defining moment because it just shows his grit and determination. And it's like he literally has the crew on his back, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally carrying two of his, his crewmates up who are both lifeless and are counting on him 100%, whether they're aware of it or not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, I feel like it is a very defining character moment for him. And then after making it all the way up, collapses and as does and the mountain does as well. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch a break. Except Can't catch right? a break. But, but he does catch yeah. a break. He, he does catch a break. Leave. Exactly. Yes. And <laughs> but, well, a, a break catches him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Interesting yeah. looking character too, shrouded in mystery. Yeah. So I, mean, I want to know what was your reaction to this mysterious character at the very end? Um. I mean, he clearly looks like a humanoid animal sort of um, creature, which kind of made me think of Dalton and his, like, he's able to kind of morph from human into a creature. Um, so maybe I, th I thought it was maybe something along those lines. So they kind of, like, set the stage with, like, the, the Zoe and Devil Fruit. Yeah. Um, and then, like, did you make this, like, connection to who this character might be? Or, like, um, or is it just kind of, like... Uh, like no idea so i don't know like like i said that that thought had passed my mind because like dalton was talking about how it was like a family thing so like maybe he's also part of this like family tribe that is like part animal um but also the x on the hat i think we've seen before mm. um i'm trying to remember whose sidekick had a hat with an x on it but it's one All of right. our villains i think no maybe not i, I think recall. uh well, as we go along, I think uh, it'll become a little bit more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, previous to this volume. Yeah. Um, previous to this volume, yeah, there was one character that we like saw. An animal character, right? With a yeah. hat and an X. I can't recall anything <laughs> beyond that. It's just like that rung a bell. The X on yeah. that rung a bell. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's meant to be a little bit, a little bit familiar, but like, it's not clear like, what's going on. No. Um, so I just wasn't sure if like, um, if this meant anything to you at this point, I guess I didn't read any deeper than that. <laughs> I was hanging out by a thread. I was like, it was such a page turner going through this part, you know, yeah. like, such an intense moment. And a lot of it is like very much focusing on like Luffy's journey. And there's not like a lot of dialogue that's like going on here. You know, there's like, you know, Luffy's saying like doctor and like huffing and stuff mm -hmm. and him, like tell himself to keep going. But a lot of it is just kind of focusing on like the scenery and like the landscape and like Luffy's journey up this mountain. Um, yeah, so it's it's a very like kind of quiet moment in that way, uh, where it's kind of Luffy kind of like on his own, but he has to kind of do this on his own, even though he has two people with him, but they're not conscious, so he's really doing this on his own. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts before we move on? Uh, let's hope that whoever picked him up is receptive to visitors. <laughs> <laughs> they, they catch him, throw him down the mountain. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get John Goes Dance Paradise Volume 11. Eyes with Heart. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> uh, I guess John Goes Heart Shaped Glasses weren't just for style. Okay, something happened there. Oh. 
eyebrows uh, too. Yeah. The, even the eyebrows go with the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is something. Yeah, wasn't expecting that one, right? I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was not expecting that. I, I guess I should have, but that was I did thing, not. Yeah. Yeah. So John Goat literally has like heart shaped eyes, which makes his sunglasses make a lot more sense now. <laughs> So I, I just that that's such a wacky like little detail. So that, like it, it's like so great though. Like this whole time, like we've seen this character for like you know a decent amount of time, and we've never actually seen his eyes, and we never would have assumed that there would have been something like different about his eyes, and then like we just get this like reveal like kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, let's uh get the next chapter. Chapter 139, enter Tony Tony Chopper. Phoebe drags Usopp to try to get to safety as he is about to lose consciousness. To keep him awake, she slaps him. A lot. Maybe she went a little overboard. Suddenly, Zoro jumps out of the snow. Still shirtless, he was caught by the avalanche after he got lost in the woods chasing after a fish. Only Zoro. They realize (laughs) they have actually made their way back to Bighorn, where a crowd has formed. They're trying to get Dalton from, out from under the snow, but Waffle soldiers won't let them. Zoro sees this as a perfect opportunity to get himself some warm clothes as he attacks a soldier. Over at the castle, Nami wakes up in the bed as a creature is taking care of her. She startles the creature as she awakes and asks, who's there? The creature tries to hide, but doesn't seem to understand the concept as he hides on the wrong side of the doorway. He seems to not trust humans, but to Nami's surprise, he can talk. He asks if Nami is feeling better. Kreha comes in and introduces herself to Nami. She tells her Luffy and Sanji are alright and explains what made Nami sick. She was bitten by the deadly insect called a Kestia. Infected her with a bacteria that makes a victim very sick for five days. If Nami hadn't been treated, she would have been dead in two days. Kreha notes that the Kestia should have been extinct 100 years ago, but she happened to keep a vaccine just in case. Nami says she appreciates the treatment, but she really needs to get going. Kreha very strongly insists that Nami get her rest as her patients leave either fully recovered or dead. Luffy and Sanji seem to be back on their feet as they have discovered Chopper and are ready to make a meal out of him. Nami asks about the blue-nosed reindeer. He was the one who found them at the edge of the mountain and brought them in. Kareha goes on to explain that he's just your typical blue-nosed reindeer who ate the human-human fruit, allowing him to do anything a human can. She has been passing down her medicine, uh, passing down her medical knowledge to the reindeer. Okay, so the way uh, we ended the last chapter, we saw this mysterious character. Now we get an answer to who that character was. So uh, let's go back to Evan on this one, because we were just talking about it. And uh, I want to see Evan's reaction to this. (laughs) Well, it's not quite who you'd expect, because this character um, at first does not appear to be the same as the character who saved Luffy, Nami, and sanji at the end of the last chapter right um because he's kind of little uh spherical in shape um not like the big built human that caught uh lufienko before (laughs) yeah Uh, but you kind of see a bunch of different shapes to um chopper in this chapter which is kind of fun um at the end he kind of hulks out and and beats up (laughs) uh luffy and sanji at the very end (laughs) <laughs> and then runs off in his squat little form again. Um, 
so yeah, just a really fun and kind of awkward creature at first. <laughs> um, yeah, so to your point, uh, we saw the hat last volume when Dr. Kreha went to go help the little boy and Chopper was uh, her pet that she brought into town and he had wow. the hat on. Oh. Was it this? It was the same character? Yeah, so uh, she she did call him Chopper. She's like, mm-hmm. like, like, like easy Chopper um, because like Chopper was kind of getting defensive when like they were kind of getting up on her and saying like, oh, like, are you even like legit? Like you're trying to pull one over on us and Chopper was kind of like giving like the death glare. That's right. I was kind of like, you know, back off Chopper. It's all right. I got this. Uh, yeah. So oh, that, that's where we saw that hat last time. That's right. And Chopper is more of a reindeer <laughs> in reindeer form. Yeah. But I like this cute little chunky reindeer form that he takes. <laughs> Very cute. Very cute. Uh, Sean, what do you think about this chapter? Uh, this is maybe my favorite chapter of the volume. Uh, <laughs> 85% because of Usopp's face. Um, <laughs> it is, so good. to this point, my favorite thing that happens to Usopp in the whole series. <laughs> it's, it is just so incredible. Um, I just love... Because it were the the, it, the the initial reveal is amazing, and then the best part is Zoro waking up and seeing Vivi, and being like, "Oh, Vivi," and then he looks at this monstrosity standing next to Vivi, and it's like, "Wait a second. Then he zooms in on the nose and goes, "Oh, it's Usopp. <laughs> what are you two doing here?" Yeah, we, we literally see like Zora processing this information. Yeah, and- <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think these like these like three pages in particular are just like pitch perfect, like in every way. Because like is there my imagination see- is there in my face. <laughs> Like the way Vivi is like determined to like carry this up, his face is stretching out almost like he's Luffy. Like he looks like Luffy here. Like his face looks like, yeah. like the skin is stretching. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then Vivi's like panicking. Like, like Usopp, you stay awake. You're, you're almost out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also funny because I feel like their last interaction, Vivi and Usopp, was Usopp being like. Don't worry, Vivi. I'll protect you. I'll save you. I'll keep you safe. <laughs> and here we are with Vivi literally dragging Usopp through the snow. And uh, also, like, um, like Usopp, like, you're a princess. Why don't you do something? So, <laughs> so yeah. I feel like it's almost like a little payback. Uh, like, maybe, like, uh, subconsciously, Vivi's, like, trying to take it out on Usopp. Maybe a bit. Uh, but then, like, yeah, Vivi's, like, reaction in this panel, too. Like, how Usopp was like, yeah, like you said, like he thinks like it's a ma- his imagination, his face is swollen. She's like, uh, it's frostbite. Yeah, frostbite. That's what it is. <laughs> but then she's like trying to play it cool. <laughs> yeah, and then like you said, Zoro comes out of nowhere. Um, so so short was of course. Yes. Have any either of you? Did either of you see Adventure Time? Watch Adventure Time. Mm. I've seen a bit of it. Yeah. Do you I know the character? Of, do you know the? You know? Do you know the character of Cinnamon Bun? Uh, not offhand. He looks ju- like very similar to how Usopp's face looks there. It's just, <laughs> I was like, is that Cinnamon Bun Usopp? I, I love it. I, I, I just absolutely love that. So, but aside from the glory that is Usopp's face, otherwise, it's also just an incredibly, extremely fun chapter of Zoro just like showing 
no swords, shirtless, freezing cold, doesn't matter. Uh, oh, I, I there's a coat I can get. Just goes in there and just wrecks this guy's whole existence. <laughs> so nice and warm. You just wanted this coat. <laughs> like the fact he's in this position because the last we saw him, he was like on the ship. He went for a swim. He was the only one there to guard the ship. He just had to go for a swim in the freezing water. Yeah. He got distracted by a fish. He followed it. Then he got lost in the woods somewhere. And that's how he ended up here. <laughs> Classic Zoro. Classic. Um, we get another some other great shots of the castle, including the interiors. Uh it's it's a lot. Do we now do we is there a do we see the instance where where, where Nami is bitten by this fly in Little Garden? No, there's not like a. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, I don't think there was like an actual panel where they like showed it. That feels like something that this is an example of early Oda to me because that seems like something he absolutely would have planted, and if this if this if this arc had somehow been pushed like two years later or something in a way Possibly. because he's just so known for putting those little details in and being like, oh what? Uh, but that's it's it's all right. Um, it's it's a really cool interior reminds me of some aesthetics that will come later in the series which i'm wondering like hmm is there a crossover there or is it just mad scientist lab but um it's 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 good stuff uh i don't understand um there's some issue there's like has i like kareha on the one hand on the other hand it's like god forbid oda you draw a woman that isn't doesn't have the body of a supermodel <laughs> like uh, oh i it's look at how young i am like yeah okay <laughs> but uh overall i mean usopp's face saves the day so a plus chapter <laughs> hey, evan uh, how about some some more thoughts uh from you uh to what sean was just saying with the interior shots i agree like the interior shots of this castle are so cool and the the like mad scientist lab it looks like there's like just a straight up torture table in there <laughs> which we see multiple times like very torturous looking uh tools there like this this chair has like spikes on the back it's got straps saws spikes <laughs> knives mallets claws like i can't imagine that being used for anything other than torture <laughs> i also like that moment when korea was like you weren't like running around in some prehistoric uh, world like topless, were you? <laughs> well, then, actually, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was. That's a, I was. <laughs> yeah, like, like last week, a couple days ago. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, just great reaction there. And then the way that Kreha just like viciously like pins Nami down. Like when Nami's like, no, I gotta get going because she's like worried about Alabasta. Like she's not worried about herself right now. And but like Kray has like very insistent that like she needs to heal up and get better. She almost died. Like she was two days away from dying. Right. If she didn't get treated, like that would have been it. Um that would that would have been the end of One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Uh but yeah, like Kray has a bedside manner. Like she's not like the most like um like delicate. <laughs> but I think she's effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Hippocratic Oath does not exactly exist in the One Piece universe. Like, I will murder you. Like, okay, that's uh, what happened to do no harm. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, when you look around the, the rest of the castle, like we're talking about, I don't think you want to test that one. No. Nope. 
And that, how about uh, Luffy and Sanji's reaction to Chopper? Uh, I, I'd ex- yeah, I, I expected from Sanji to just be like, new source of food? Okay, yep. <laughs> Luffy sees something, he wants to eat it. I guess so. <laughs> they have not made the connection yet. They see a little plump reindeer running around. <laughs> uh, we do get some um, some personality from Chopper here. So up until this point, we didn't know that Chopper could even talk. So now we know that Chopper has the human human fruit. So Chopper has the capability of being like a human. Uh, he can talk. Um, he walks upright on two legs now. And <laughs> but when he, his reaction to Nami, like he's shy, so he like tries to hide. But he hides on the wrong side of the doorway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so like, I, I feel like uh, that's an interesting like trait. And then uh, now he has to point out that he's hiding wrong. <laughs> um, so then like now he tries to get more information. Like, like what are you? She's like curious about him. And uh, he's kind of like, get lost, human. <laughs> By the way, is your fever better? <laughs> so he, he has like this kind of like, like dichotomy, uh, dichotomy of where he's like, on one hand, he's like, I don't trust humans. And on the other hand, he's trying to be a good doctor and trying to like, you know, take care of Nami. So he, he's kind of like at odds with himself. Yeah, he's like personable and caring, but also incredibly socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Because he has like no social skills. Right. Negative social. Negative social skills. Yeah, because he's basically like up here with Kreha, like by themselves, like all the time. So he doesn't really talk to other people. Um, one thing I I wanted to note here, it's not a big deal, but I noticed that there was like an inconsistency with um the name of the bug that they said. Because two times they say it's a Kestia, then one time uh Kreha calls it a Kestua. Hmm. hmm. I think it was just a, a typo. I would assume a typo. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Well, yeah. We get an exact amount of uh, how tall t- Drum Rock is fifteen thousand feet. Wow. Let me do a quick <laughs> look here. It's nice seeing Nami like in a lucid state. Yeah, Nami's finally conscious again. She doesn't know what just happened, and like. <laughs> She was uh like getting like whipped around and everything. Luffy's <laughs> doing like flips and climb up this mountain and everything. Okay, it's a fair bit higher than El Capitan. So credit to Luffy. It's about, <laughs> it's about uh twelve thousand feet higher than El Capitan. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, I was like, hey, maybe there's some real no. <laughs> no, Luffy's just a goddamn god <laughs> just yeah. okay and we see um like on that on that note too how luffy and sanji like are already like up and about like i'm like i think they said like that sanji had like some like broken ribs and like a broken spine or something yeah oh yeah six broken ribs and a cracked spine and then two seconds later he's running around chasing chopper <laughs> <laughs> i guess broken bones don't mean anything in the world of one piece <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think that's about it any other thoughts before we press on i love chopper i hope he's around for a long time he is very good uh i one day he will learn how to properly low peek at someone without (laughs) like 
being in completely the wrong positional aspect <laughs> to do so. <laughs> we'll see. I think that'll be his character arc for yeah. uh, this. this uh, that's this that's his that's his pirate way. That's his like he's gonna put his hand his his paw on the rest of them. Be like I'm gonna learn how to stay with someone properly without them noticing. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Chapper. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get Evan's summary of the next chapter. Oh, yeah, no cover story. All right, chapter 140, Castle of Snow. Luffy begs Dr. Kuriha to join their crew, but she has no interest in becoming a pirate. Nami, with the same idea in mind, and after noticing what good care Chopper has given her, asks if Chopper would like to join them at sea. Chopper declines, saying, Fool, I'm a reindeer. I can't live with humans. Kuriha gives Nami her blessing and explains Chopper's wounded heart. He was rejected by both his parents and reindeer herd alike because of the way that he looked. He was heckled by the townsfolk and didn't seem to fit in anywhere. Meanwhile, Luffy and Sanji notice the reason the castle is so cold. The front door is wide open. As they go to close the door, Chopper goes into a rage and demands they leave it open. At this point, Luffy and Sanji notice a small nest of little baby snowbirds perched on top of the door. They would have been crushed without Chopper's warning. Luffy decides he too wants to recruit Chopper and begins to chase him through the castle again. <laughs> Chopper catches a whiff of something foul. It's Wapple, and he's drawing near. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah, so we get a little Chopper backstory here. We get yet another... I mean, I think it's for everyone. They just repurpose Usopp's puffed up face for one panel near at the start just to remind us of that glorious image yeah <laughs> right after it deserved this. its own page it deserved its own page <laughs> well you see the straw hat's desperation for a doctor yeah i guess we're going for the doctor before the musician yeah yeah which yeah you know, i mean i talked about that last uh last episode and we think it was uh, a misstep yeah it, it, it seems like a strategic blunder <laughs> Yeah, we, we were saying if um if they had a musician with them when they were encountering um like the people from Bighorn that like weren't trying not to let them, um, let them on the island, mm -hmm. maybe like the musician could have like lulled them into like you know peace and they could have just like resolved that peace without getting shot at. But you know whatever it is what it is. I guess we can go for the doctor. I guess. I guess. I also love in the, on the second page of this chapter, uh, you see Chopper again. Uh, peeking from the wrong side of the door. <laughs> yep, still learning uh, how to do still this. Still learning, <laughs> still figuring that one out. <laughs> and Sanji Luffy just confused by him. He's like, mm, "They're pirates." <laughs> but yeah, Chopper. Chopper seems to be uh, intrigued by the pirates because we see like, this little moment where he thinks, "Oh, they're pirates," and then we see this other figure who's saying, "I like pirates." So it's like a flashback or a memory. Yeah. So yeah, now we have like the sequence where uh, uh, Luffy and Sanji are chasing Chopper to eat him, and then Kreha is like saying, "I'm gonna eat you before you eat him." <laughs> so then Kreha is chasing after them. I forgot so just this is how, like a madhouse. <laughs> like, go ahead. I forgot just how much like the Chopper is just like, "Hey, this is a Rudolph the Red Nose reindeer." Like, 
backstory swap here. Yeah, he's blue nosed <laughs> instead. The other reindeer, lat- like, lit- I don't know if that's the direct translation, but I mean, the English translation is the other reindeer laughed and called him names. <laughs> they literally, word for word, just. Yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. it's very much. I mean, yeah. From, from <laughs> um, I mean, didn't they reference Korea as like a Santa Claus figure in, in the last volume? Yeah, so like last volume, oh. they said that she comes out like in the sleigh, in the sleigh, oh, mountain yeah. with a mysterious creature. They said oh, that she flies out in the sleigh. That's good. So, okay. And yeah, the mysterious so, creature we'll, is we'll a reindeer, so it all checks out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it certainly does. Uh, Chopper's uh, door uh explanation of the birds being there it's like oh okay i appreciate i appreciate that sanji and luffy are like yep okay well we'll accept that it's still cold but i understand your reasoning like (laughs) and then they immediately go back to yay let's oh so they immediately accept him after they're like oh i guess i guess he's just okay he's good yep join our crew and then they run after (laughs) good stuff yeah, I think this chapter really shows how like accepting this crew is. And I think especially with Nami and Chopper at the beginning, um, Nami just being like really warm and uh, inviting. And I mean, Chopper did not mm. accept it, but like um, I think Nami's tenderness and then even Kareha comes in and was like kind of making a note of that and being like, you know, it won't be yeah, easy to well, first she's, him, but you know he would be he would be happy with you guys. Yeah, at first she's like offended that like you know she's trying to like uh, seduce her yeah. uh, <laughs> her friend, uh, but then yeah, she has that moment. Do you do you uh, really think you people can heal his heart? And then like you know I think the the crew they're kind of like warming up the chopper here and they. Like I don't think they're like afraid of him. They're just like intrigued by him because they haven't seen anything like him before. Yeah. Um, but then they like see like that moment where like he saves the baby birds and Luffy has that moment like he has like the understanding, and you know, he sees like oh like he does have like a good heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they're non-judgmental. Like they definitely use some language that uh is judgmental, but I think at heart they're not. They're trying not to be judgmental of this new person yeah. they just met. Yeah. So they, they like, <laughs> they the word out. Monster, which is like very triggering for <laughs> chopper. Yeah. Like, so they say monster, but like, they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, that's exciting. Yeah. But like, yeah, like when cool. chopper hears it, they, like, he's like, Oh, like they, they think I'm a freak. Right. But like, Luffy is like, Oh, he, he seems like so interesting. Let's recruit him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So wait, monster, join our crew. <laughs> Uh, but then there's also this moment too, um, where Kreha mentions that there was a man um, who cared, um, who cared for Chopper a long time ago, um, or one person that Chopper cared for a long time ago. Um, so we get the impression that because Chopper was rejected by like his his family, that he didn't really get along with too many people, and we can see why he's like not really trustful, and he kind of keeps them at arm's length here. Hopefully that will change. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> and at the very end, we also get um, a little bit more of Robson's capabilities. So showing he's like the real MVP of the Tin Tyrant Pirates. Where, <laughs> he certainly uh, is. Yeah. He's straight up climbing this mountain that Luffy just climbed up to. 
Straight He's able to just walk, walk straight up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Chopper picks up that Wapples on his way. Yeah, they need to convert Robson, too. He'd make a good asset to the team. <laughs> Absolutely. They can't, they can't, unfortunately, the uh, merry-go, going merry only uh, sails on the water. If we can get a land-type assistance, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, movement assistance. Maybe well, something to keep Zoro from getting all the rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um, ready to move on to the next part of the cover story? Let's do it. Okay. Django's Dance Paradise Volume 12. Django discovered in disguise as a dance um, at the dance contest. Having ditched his outfit and putting on new sunglasses, Django notices a dance contest. Just can't resist. I love how he's like wanted here and he just swaps out his glasses and he's like, yep, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> never notice. Yeah, exactly. And then it looks like um, he maybe like painted or put makeup on his chin mm. so you can't see like the stripes anymore. Yep. As if like the, the chin wasn't distinct. <laughs> it's a pretty weak disguise. <laughs> All right, moving on. Chapter 141, Quack Doctor. Zoro managed to defeat all of Wapple's soldiers, now allowing the villagers access to dig Dalton out of the snow. They find him, but his heart has stopped beating. Over in the castle, Chopper rushes to warn Kreha that Wapple has returned. Wapple arrives at the entrance to reclaim his throne. They notice a pirate flag is now flying at the top of the spire, instead of the flag of the Drum Kingdom. Kreha meets them and tells them that she burned the flag, Bring the castle into a mausoleum for a hero look. Wapple laughs, but Chopper is not amused. Luffy sees Wapple then runs over to begin attacking him with a gum gum bullet. Six years ago, some of the villagers are complaining to some officers about a man named Herolook, who took their money and burned their village. I'm sorry, burned their house. Dr. Herolook makes his way through the village, but coughs up some blood. He finds a family in need as he comes down their chimney, offering medical attention to the sick man in bed. They insist they don't need help, they'll just get treatment from the 20 doctors, but Herolook insists. His treatment is less than effective as he makes his getaway from the officers trying to stop him. He happens across Dr. Kreha on the bridge. She insults him for not being a real doctor, as he has caused more harm than good. He fights back, saying she is only in it for the money. He says he'll never be, be caught in the doctor hunt, determined to be the one to heal this country. On his way back to his home in the mountains, he comes across an injured creature that has been shot. As he tries to help, the creature notices he has a gun and is afraid he can't trust his human either. The creature punches Herolook and begins to leave. Not willing to let the creature go untreated, Herolook takes off all his clothes to gain the creature's trust that he won't hurt him. He takes the creature back to his home and treats his wounds. The creature wakes up as the doctor sleeps. He cries tears of gratitude as he eats the bread that was left out for him. All right, so now we're introduced to this uh, this weird character, Doctor Hero. Look, <laughs> yeah, thoughts on this guy? It's pretty shady, pretty yeah. shady guy. <laughs> but he does seem yeah. to have like a good heart as well. Uh, 
I don't. He's uh, complicated. Mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I have, as someone who is already, I have full thoughts on this character, and we'll get around to them. And let's say, not a great first impression. Yay, <laughs> you did this one nice thing. You also did a lot of awful shit. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so last volume, we're introduced to Kreha, who we weren't sure if she was, like, legit. Because she just came in, and it seemed like like she could have just, like, said that this kid was sick, and she treated him, and he was all better. Uh, but we weren't really sure what to make of it. So this volume, we see Kreha legitimately, like, healed Nami. Uh, but now we see this character, Dr. Hero Look, who comes in and kind of forces his, like, his help on this family that, that doesn't want his help. And he makes it worse, and, like, he... Um, gives like this like medicine to this guy that he didn't really test fully, and like that, now the guy's like knocked out. Like he shot like a tranquilizer gun at like the woman, um, and like yeah, he like he basically broke into their home in the <laughs> came down the chimney. Another like Santa Claus reference here. Yeah, uh, but like he also like uh, I think he like at the beginning like he burned um, this house and took money. So like, <laughs> um. Yeah, so we really don't know how to read this guy, but he says he wants to help people. So it seems like he might have good intentions, but he seems to be going about it the completely wrong way. <laughs> I, I the the image at the end of of Chopper crying eating that bread is just incredible, though I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a plus. <laughs> Some soaked tear soaked bread. <laughs> But yeah, he does find Chopper and he wants to help him. So he doesn't really know what Chopper is, but that doesn't really stop him from helping. So he can't be all bad. Um, he goes to great lengths to, to show like how much he wants to help. He takes off all of his clothes. He stands butt naked. And he says he's not going to shoot him. <laughs> he's like, look, I don't have a gun. Like, let me help you. And um, yeah, Chopper kind of takes a moment. He's like, all right, well, I guess I have no choice. I'll, I'll trust this guy for now. Yeah, Chopper takes so many different forms. I'm realizing, like looking back. Mm, yeah. I feel like it kind of happens naturally, but when you look back at it, like even in this chapter alone, like Chopper takes on so many different forms. There's like his little cute form, and then there's a reindeer form, and then there's like a juiced out form, and then there's like the in between jacked and human form. And yeah, so like, um, yeah, I think we've seen like three Jeff forms. Yeah, so like we have like his full-on reindeer form, and then we have like the human form where he looks like the abominable snowman, mm-hmm. and then I think something in between is like where he's like the small form. So kind of like Dalton, we saw that Dalton had three different forms. Right. Um, Chopper seems to be having three different forms here too. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, this this little tidbit too, where um, Hero Look says that the Doctor Hunt will never catch my will never catch me. Mark my words. I wonder what that's so, about. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's like a little little line. It's important to note. Um, kind of like the condition of the country right now, and I think part of why Hero Look feels so inclined to help people and be a doctor because it seems like there's uh, something going on here where doctors are. Um, you know, being hunted. Yeah. 
Oh, we get an instance. Uh, I see. I do, I've. It's been a long time since I've read these chapters. Of uh, I've turned your castle into a mausoleum for hero look, uh, which makes it explains why that the interior decorating style is so <laughs> the way it is. Um, uh, so so that's okay. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, it didn't seem to fit Wapple style. So yeah, okay. I see. Yeah, going exactly. On. Um, yeah, Gray has some redecorating. Yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> and we see the pirate flag with the jolly. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. touch. And an incredible shot of of Luffy about to just completely uh, shatter uh, Waffles' <laughs> eyeballs. Like, so just good. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, we don't get the full resolution of the attack here. He's like mid attack before we cut to this flashback. But he starts uh, the gum gum bullet. Yeah, so that's that, that's a nice uh, a nice little touch here. Man, there's it's just a tease, and we also get teased with Zoro's fight at the very beginning, so we don't get to see that battle. We just see the aftermath. I was like, damn, yeah. I would have liked to have watched that go down. <laughs> just see like uh, the bodies on the ground. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> dropping. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Zoro's like, what? It's over. Like he was expecting more. He he, he didn't really. Um, have too much trouble with them. But like the villagers all seem to be impressed by Zoro. And Vivi as well. Uh, and they do find Dalton's body. Um, which is pretty um pretty rough here. Yeah. Because yeah, uh last last volume he got shot by three arrows trying to save some people. Three large arrows. Like yeah, they're massive. Large. Yeah. Yeah, not looking good. Yeah, I think I'm remembering. So I there's a screenshot in the anime. I believe in, in Hero Look is naked. His coat is still hanging off him <laughs> in a certain in a certain way. That's why I remember seeing a screenshot instead of a snow snowflake in in a certain position. It's <laughs> some of his clothes landed somewhere, and so maybe that was an edited screenshot. I'd have to check. But... <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you uh, take point on that research. Yep, that sure is exactly <laughs> what happens. Wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, because like um, in, in the animation, like I feel like it's harder to have like one static piece of snow like covering yes. it. Yes, <laughs> for something different, and the implications of it are, well, it makes me respect Hero Look a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to say. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I want to. I want to know how uh, four kids did this scene. I can. I feel like they probably just skipped this entire arc. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right. Um, you guys ready to move on? You move on. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so we're going to John goes dance Paris volume thirteen, an unexpected appearance in the dance contest. John Go has entered into the dance contest. Uh, good luck to all the other competitors, man. Yeah, my money's on Django. <laughs> my money's on Django. I mean, right from the get-go, he's bringing out like all of his moves here. So yeah, they're in trouble. Funky style. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get Evan summary for the next chapter. Chapter one forty-two: Skull and Cherry Blossoms. 
Dr. Hirluck explains how he came up with Tony Tony Chopper's name. You're a Tonakai, a reindeer, and you've got fine antlers. Look like you could chop down trees. Chopper seems quite happy with the given name. Elsewhere, Dalton is having serious second thoughts about how Wapple is running the country. Kuro Mario, Kuro Marimo and Chess <laughs> assure him ruling with an iron fist is the only way to do it. Dalton remembers a time when he accompanied Wapple to a council meeting regarding a dangerous revolutionary named Dragon. Wapple belittles the threat and angers the council. He departs in a foul mood and takes his anger out on an innocent little girl, who turns out to be Princess Vivi. Igaram steps in to defend the princess, but she talks him down and handles the situation with class, impressing Dalton as she selflessly put the welfare of her country before her own. Dr. Hirluk tells Chopper a story of a great robber who suffered an incurable heart disease, and just as he was about to lose hope, he came across a mountain covered in beautiful cherry blossoms. Miraculously, this experience seemed to heal the robber. Anyways, the point of this oddly specific story is there is no such thing as an incurable disease. Hirluk shows Chopper the skull and crossbones and cherry blossoms on the flag and tells him it's the symbol of faith. Time passes, Chopper asks to help Hirluk and begins to learn what it takes to be a doctor. Their bond grows deeper. Hirluk gives Chopper a present, a hat with an X on the front. After one year, quite suddenly and forcibly, Hirluk tells Chopper to leave, which seems to break both of their hearts. A lot of back, a lot of uh, backstory in this one. Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So we see that Chopper is really growing attached to Doctor Hirluk here. Yeah. So they've had uh, a year to get to know each other, and Chopper is learning to trust him. The first time he's been accepted by anybody, really. Because he's been rejected by like his own like reindeer family. Anytime he went to go be with humans, they you know tried to shoot him and scared him away. So Chopper found somewhere where he feels like he belongs. Yeah, cue the heartwarming montage. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little mention of Dragon at the beginning in the council meeting. Yeah, so um, call back to this character that we met back in Logtown. Very briefly. Uh, we didn't know who he was or what his his deal was. So uh, we get a reveal um, that he is part of the revolutionary. Um, he's like a revolutionary named a Dragon. And he has dangerous ideas. And the government is after him for some reason. Probably because he's a revolutionary. Still not a whole lot. Just that he's scary and dangerous. Yeah. Cool <laughs> tattoos. Uh, I also want to point out here that um, they are meeting here in the Holy Land of Mary Joa. Mm. So um, this is where they are holding this meeting of the kingdoms that are part of the, the world government. Mm -hmm. um, so we know here that um, Alabasta and Drum Kingdom were invited to this meeting. So we actually see... Um, a Cobra Nefertari for the first time here. So that's actually uh, Vivi's dad, King Cobra. Ruler of Alabasta. Uh, he doesn't seem to be getting along with Wapple, though. <laughs> no. Certainly not, especially after <laughs> Wapple just completely just well, strikes her in the face. 
That too. Yeah. 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 So Igram's the one to comfort BB here. So I'm not entirely sure where um yeah. Cobra is. But... This must have been outside the chamber. Yeah, they're not at yeah. the table still. This is later. So Cobra right. never saw it. Wapo um... probably left early. Yeah. But like yeah, like what a despicable character, like just slapping this child. He's this, uh... he is truly, <laughs> truly a scumbag. <laughs> and like even Dalton's like calling out like Wapo like like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> There's no precursor for it, too. There's nothing leading up to it. It was just the pure, like, taking out his anger on a small child. I think it's because he was getting into like, a heated argument with Cobra. Yeah, it's very, I think it's, a, it's, he can't, he doesn't feel, he does, I, here's what I, I think is he's way too much of a chicken shit to strike Cobra at the mm. table. So instead, he's going to outside the council chamber find his daughter and to like just the absolute lowest of the low like yeah. <laughs> what a scumbag yep. I like, oh i could take a child <laughs> yeah wow Despicable. big man <laughs> and then we get this great moment from vivi where she she keeps face she understands it's like how important it is to not try to strike an incident between these countries and she's like oh i'm sorry i bumped into you um this moment where she Keep, like she's being like the bigger person here even though she's like like you know a small child she's actually the bigger person in character um and then dalton's impressed by this girl and then it gets really sad because then, like a few moments later like vivi like after trying to hold it in like she lets it go we can see that she's crying because mm -hmm. she actually did get hurt but she was holding it in the whole time to try to keep face and this is very reminiscent of er like earlier when she got shot um by like the people trying to not let um, the Star Hats onto the land, she got shot and she, again, she kept her cool and she was at diplomacy um, at that time to not escalate the situation. So that ended up proving to be the right action then. And I think it's proving to be the right action here too. Um, you know, where Vivi is trying to like kind of show like more what it means to be like, like a member of like the Royal family as opposed to like Wapple is trying to use it to like his advantage to just kind of get away with whatever he wants. She shows, she shows her like mental maturity. Exactly. Um, yeah. And her, her view of the bigger picture. Like she gets, she gets the bigger picture. Exactly. It's a more of a worldview on things. And, and it, in her own way, it is the like first serious blow struck. Well, he gets angry. He gets angry at a uh, Cobra, but like, Vivi just like not playing along with his bullshit makes him even more mad. I think he's yeah. just like, great. Well, I wanted you to cry and whine and cause a scene. And you're just like, whatever, dude, I'm not falling for your bullshit. Like it's honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing. Dalton stuck with him as long as he did. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has a sense of honor. Yeah. I think it's more about him than Wapple. Cause he, he was serving uh Wapple's father. Yeah. So that that's kind of like how it is. Like you kind of have to, you know, serve like the um, like the lineage, and sometimes you gotta take the you know the bad with the good. It's the whole but... Kingsguard from Game of Thrones thing of right. Like, exactly. I serve the throne, not the king, necessarily at the moment. I may not be happy with, but I gotta stick with it. And it's like, mm, <laughs> how about you say screw tradition once you start seeing this guy doing the things he's doing? Like, I'm sorry, there's a, there's a limit to tradition <laughs> and hereditary monarchies, yeah. but we're not going to go into a whole political discussion here. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Well, Dalton's getting ready to be the Kingslayer over here. Yeah, he sure seems like. <laughs> no, like Dalton's get to a point where he's like, enough is enough. 
Mm. Uh, but like we can see like I mean this is like six years ago, but we're like we see like these seeds being planted of like Dalton like having like this insecurity and like he has like a conscious, but like you know, he has like this sense of duty uh to the kingdom, but like he's also like he recognizes that Wapple is not a good person. He's kinda like like holding out hope here, but like it's not really like working out. But again, I I think he he's trying to do the right thing. Um but yeah, I just think he, he can't st- stand by like much longer than this. And then we also get some more um, of Chopper's deal because like we talked about like in the last chapter, um, how he's like intrigued by Luffy uh, being a pirate, and uh, Herolik seems to have passed on that pirates are also like you know something good. Mm-hmm. So. Hero has that that same concept that we seem to be seeing with like uh like Luffy and we've seen with like Shanks where like the concept that like pirates can be good as well. So uh again, kind of getting their own warped like <laughs> version of this reality. Uh <laughs> but yeah, like Hero kind of spreads that teaching to Chopper here too. Yeah, we got like a whisper of that earlier in that flashback. And now we see more of his influence on Chopper. Yeah. Full force. And his uh, long story he had to tell. Yeah, Hero seems to be like a dreamer. I think that's, I think, a good way to kind of describe him. Especially with, like, the way he's always concocting these cure-alls and, like, he's kind of like a mad scientist meets doctor. Yeah. And yeah, he's always like trying to invent something new. I just wish he'd tested in a different manner than he currently does. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe figure some more or something out, but a little less trial and error. Mostly error. (laughs) Yeah, leaning on the error. Uh, we also see how Chopper got his name. You mentioned in the the summary. Yep. Tony, um, Tony Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Tonakai is the Japanese word for reindeer. So that's where it's derived from. Yeah, I like how Chopper was like, confused. He's like, um, like, why are you calling me Chopper? <laughs> 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 he just decided to name him. Because I guess Chopper has never had a name before. So, because his parents never named him. Apparently not. Then some tough love at the end of this chapter. Yeah. With um, her like, like driving him away, driving Chopper away. Yeah, we don't know his exact reasonings yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the emotions are clear, but the reason is not clear. It's clearly not something he actually wants to do, but right. Whatever the reason is, is apparently dire. Um, man, it's a great montage of the two of them together. Again, for all my misgivings of hero, look, uh, he's, 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 he's a fun character in his own way. Um, and, and visually, uh, enjoyable to watch his antics. So (laughs) I do. I do appreciate that. 
he has some uncouth way of doing things, but he does seem to have a heart. You know, I think his heart's kind of like, I don't know. At least when it comes to Chopper, his heart's in the right place. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, because like he said, he wants to be the one to save the country. Um, he kind of has like that um that motive that's kind of driving him here and that's why he's doing all these experiments because he wants to do something that's going to help the country as a whole so he's trying to do something that's beyond him so i think that's part of his dream is to kind of spread like this the concept um because he saw those cherry blossoms and um let's see oh so yeah he was talking about how um like there was a robber who saw the cherry blossoms and like it, it cured his um disease and he was in perfect health, like there was like no cure for it. But then he saw the cherry blossoms, and all of a sudden he was cured. So he he heard this, and he wants to spread this concept. And he thinks that if he can recreate that that experience uh, for other people, then it'll cure any disease. So he kind of like indoctrinates Chopper into this kind of mindset as well. But then, yeah, pretty brutal at the end. Uh, like Chopper is like begging not to like kick him out. He's like, "Please, like, what I do wrong? Like, I'll stay. I'll help you. I'll do anything you want." <laughs> like he somehow actively hurts himself to make his head bleed again. It's like, yeah, oh, okay, this is going to a whole new level of messed up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sad. It's sad because he, he doesn't understand. Like he's like that's the only person that he's known, and now he's being rejected again. Yeah, and he's given no explanation. No closure. Okay, uh, any final thoughts before we move on? What's going on here, Hero Look? What's the <laughs> yeah, score? What's All right, let's get the next part of the cover story. Django's Dance Paradise, Volume 14, Calculating the Outcome of the Dance Contest. Django is making an impression as he competes against another dancer. Well, as we said, can't count him out yet. He's <laughs> he's going for it. Yeah, he's got these apparently moves. apparently he's reached the 1960s island in the Grand Line. <laughs> it's just <laughs> complete with disco ball. Yeah, so but also the it. fashion the fashion is more like 80s 90s too so yeah. like, i don't know what's going on here <laughs> disco disco never died in the one piece universe he's got some hypnotic hips <laughs> ah very good <laughs> some mesmerizing moves yeah <laughs> it's part of his charm okay let's get the next chapter Chapter 143, Clumsy. Recognizing that he's dying, Hirolok goes to Kareha to see if she has anything that could give him a little more time to complete his research. Kareha suggests that he go back to the land where he saw the cherry blossoms that saved his life when he was a notorious robber. Hirolok says he'll make cherry blossoms right here so no one will ever have to die of disease again. Kareha noticed Chopper eavesdropping, but didn't say anything. Chopper takes off in a hurry to see if he can find a way to help the doctor. Hirolok explains that Chopper has been living with him for a year and is his only friend. He didn't want to die on Chopper, so he scared him off to spare him from the loss. Hirolok says that they are a lot alike and wants to show him one last thing before he dies. Kriya says that she has waited to buy him three more weeks, but he can't afford it. He demands he treats her, 
pointing an anesthesia pistol at her, but she disarms him and knocks him out in turn. She says that they're both alike. Clumsy. Choppy gets a few bruises as he clumsily makes his way back to Herolux. He finds a book and does some research before heading out. Herolux returns and gets right to work on his research. Chopper makes his way to his former reindeer herd that rejected him for his blue nose. They attack him, but determined to save Herolux, he fights right back. Eventually, he comes across what he was looking for, the Amudaki mushroom. Chopper returns to Herolux one week later, beaten up, but with a mushroom in hand. He begs for Herolux to, uh, to live and teach him how to be a doctor. He tells Chopper, of course he can be a doctor. He has the most important qualification, a big heart. Meanwhile, Wapple plots the execution of Herolux, demanding Dalton to carry out his order. Okay, so now we get the answer for why he was scaring off Chopper. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, if you were if you were no reading hesitation. this uh, week to week, <laughs> not you, quite you... immediately. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thoughts on this one? Oh, rough times around. I feel like uh, I kind of saw this coming after his story in the last chapter. I thought that was like a little kind of obvious that he was talking about himself and he was saying about the illness. I mean, I guess they, they alluded to it earlier with his, his coughing and stuff. Mm. Um, but the cherry blossom story just seemed too oddly specific and like not a good enough story to be made up, <laughs> you know? And uh, turns out that's all true. And that's his life. Yeah, I don't think I picked up on it like the first time around. Um, and I even wonder, like, because he says that he was cured, but I don't like I, I get the impression that he this is what he was going to die from. And he wasn't actually cured, but maybe he'll get cured like his soul in a way. Um, but like yeah, I think he kinda like oversold like the effectiveness of seeing the cherry blossoms. Um I think Chopper sees it kind of more like literally. And I think Hero kind of made it seem that way as well, but I don't think that was actually the case. Yeah. It's more of a metaphor. That, that, that's my read on it, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised. Man, the reindeer hold a grudge that long just for being different, huh? Like, Yeah, all it takes is uh, the blue nose. <laughs> I guess so. Geez. Oh, and plus the human-human fruit thing at this point, I suppose. Mm. Um. The image of Chopper at the end just absolutely ravaged and like holding up the mushroom, just saying mushroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks it looks like something out of a different manga entirely almost to me. It, it's just so incongruous with the, it, it. There's no cutesiness here. I mean, there's the inherent cutesiness of Chopper that has been just put through a wood chipper here, practically of it just feels like like a panel almost out of Berserk in a way to me. It's just like. It feels so incongruous and not in a bad way. It's just like so like, whoa, we, we get right from like chat, like like hero look making a wacky face with Chopper. What happened to you to this stark white background and this very in its own way? I mean, as much realistic as Chopper looks as realistic, like just this welt over his eye and the the fray in it like it's just I don't know why it just strikes me so well, but it's just it is it is it is brutal to look at. It's very striking. Um, yeah, yeah, he comes back, he has a broken antler, and it like, looks like he has a broken leg. Um, yeah, so he, he's he's pretty beat up, but he went through those lengths to get this mushroom to try to save Hero Look. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I do think it stands out on its own. And I think that was probably like really intentional and just kind of like really makes you feel for, for Chopper. Yeah. Yeah. And Dalton it, it, getting closer and closer to finally giving up on this, this whole mess with, with Wolf Wapple. I'm, yeah. I, I still kind of think he should have gone a little faster than this, but we're getting there inch by inch. <laughs> Yeah, Wapple puts out this decree um, to to have Dalton um, to have Heroic be executed. So he, he makes this like a, a big point because uh, Wapple's had enough of this Heroic character and he demands that Dalton have him be executed. So um, we'll, we'll see more of this coming up. Um, but I think this ties back to like that Doctor Hunt that we saw Heroic talking about before. Um, so we'll get more details about that. But yeah, going back to this Chopper moment. Um, yeah, I just feel like Chopper going to these extremes, like he wants the um, hero to survive this this badly. He says he wants to be a doctor too. Teach me how to be one. Um, and then like the way they hug. <laughs> and then the, he says, of course, you can be uh, a doctor. <laughs> like you got a big heart. Like that, I think that line just like, hit me pretty hard that was like very like very touching here it's a good line yeah classic line to think this is the same man who thought lizard eyeballs are going to do the right thing just a little <laughs> while ago <laughs> yeah during this whole time like, while chopper was on this adventure uh hero has been um at work trying to perfect his his formula here um, so he, he's on he's on borrowed time here at this point. So yeah, uh, he he understands this um, that he really needs to do this now, otherwise he's not going to accomplish it. So he's very motivated to do this. And uh, I love these interactions with Kreha and Hirolok because like Kreha is like like almost like condescending in a lot of ways. Um, almost doesn't take him seriously, but she still kind of like entertains him in a way. Um, and she kind of like lets Heroic get away with some things that like she probably wouldn't let like other people get away with. Um but I, I just really like their 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 relationship and the way that they uh, interact with each other. She kinda like has like this respect for Heroic in a way, uh, while also not respecting him as like a doctor, but respecting him more as like like a friend. Yeah. Mm. Do you think maybe she sees a little bit of herself in him? Uh probably not. <laughs> no, I, I think she like uh i think she sees herself as being like totally different from hero look um but like, i think that's what she likes about him is that like they're like such like like a contrast to each other uh because, I don't know, I think you don't she... think like 70 years ago there are some similarities <laughs> i just feel like their manner and yeah. in, in the way they go about their business has some similarities I feel like Ray has a little bit more selfish in a sense. And I feel like Kira looks more, um, again, he has more like the, the dreaming kind of sense. I feel like Kray has more pragmatic. Yeah. Um, you know, cause we had the conversation where like, you know, he looks like, Oh, you're in for the money. And she's kind of like, well, you're not a real doctor. So right. <laughs> it's like, I have what it takes. You don't. But so too bad. Um, and he comes to her because he, he can't, he can't do this. He doesn't know how to treat himself. Um, but like I feel like she, 
she's she's not as like um as uncaring as she comes off mm-hmm. uh but i think she doesn't want people to to kind of like take advantage of her in a way like she wants to be the one to kind of like that upper hand on other people that's the impression right. i get but i think she does recognize the similarities with chopper and hero look mm-hmm. uh, because i mean chopper was basically raised by hero look, so a lot of hero looks like um, feelings and opinions were passed down to Chopper, which I think is really important for Hero Look's um, arc as a character here, because um, he wants to to pass on these ideals as well. So they they have like that kind of kindred spirit, and they have this bond, right? And that that's why Chopper um, is trying so desperately to try to help Hero Look because um, they've really grown attached over this time period. Yeah, I think there's 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 some there's a mutual respect between Kareha and Hirolook at some level, maybe buried beneath sixteen <laughs> levels of sarcasm and and, <laughs> yeah. and, and like uh, apathy. But uh, but I don't know if yeah they 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 they've existed and they they go about their way in in a very different manner. Yeah, that, that's my take. Like, I feel like she would never like, like uh, come out like admit it that she has respect for him. But I think you you can tell. Yeah. All right. Um. Any other thoughts on this one? All right. Mushroom. Mushroom. Samba. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get Evan's summary for the next chapter. Chapter one forty four. Snowtail. Chopper makes some not-so-tasty mushroom soup for Dr. Hiroluk, who claims to be feeling better already. Just then, Hiroluk's cherry blossom concoction has a reaction. That's it. It's finally complete. Hiroluk plays, pays a visit to Koreha. Apparently, all 20 doctors of Drum Kingdom are sick. How inconvenient. Hiroluk recognizes the crisis at hand and decides to help cure the doctors. Before leaving, he bestows his successful formula to Kareha and asks her to teach Chopper medicine so he can become a fine doctor, which she begrudgingly and in her own words of denial, accepts. Hiroluk makes his way to the castle as Drum Kingdom slips into a panic with no doctors around. Kareha heads to Hiroluk's home looking for some more answers where Chopper tells her Hiroluk's all better now and he's heading into town. Showing her the mushroom he used in the soup. To Chopper's great dismay, Kareha points out that the mushroom is in fact poisonous. Very poisonous. So poisonous that here look, it has only an hour to live. Uh, Chopper was misled by Herlock's explanation of the skull and crossbones. Chopper is devastated and sets off in pursuit of Herlock, who has just arrived at the castle to save the day. Oh boy. Like this is like a gut punch of a like a chapter here. Totally. <laughs> right, who wants to start off here? Uh, it's. I mean, this is a rough one. <laughs> Devastating. Devastating. I may I may have been a bit understated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys go first. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You want to take it away, Evan? Uh, 
I mean, I feel like Gut Punch is a great description. I feel like Oda's written some, like, really heavy, um, just, like, deep character-changing moments um, that usually lead a character to become stronger or more driven in their quest for whatever it is, you know, depends on the character. But, like, in, in this chapter uh man Ori just gives such such a heavy um some heavy themes and some like really heavy story with i don't know it's hard to it's hard to put into words but uh there's a lot of emotion i think in this there's chapter. a lot of emotion and like there are high highs and very low lows. And yeah, it's, it's and it's like it's I feel like the spectrum. irony. The irony is, uh, like the whole reason that uh, Hero Look pushes Chopper away is so that Chopper doesn't see her look die, and then due to a series of unfortunate events, Chopper ends up being the reason that. Herlock is going to die. And so he takes on that burden, which is probably heavier than the burden of, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to compare, but like that's equally, if not a heavier burden than having to see someone you care for pass away, being directly responsible for that death. Um, so yeah, it's incredibly hard to see Chopper going through this mentally. And, um, you know, I feel like Herlock was like, his own, his only person, really. Yeah. In one person, and it was Herlock, and now he's holding himself responsible for his imminent death, and like he doesn't have all the details. I mean, Korea has has filled him in on kind of the situation and saying that it's an incurable disease and that this was inevitable. But yeah, it's still a big burden to carry. Yeah, uh, Sean, did you want to chime in here? The um, it's it's when I was saying earlier about like Oda laying laying seeds. Uh, this one was laid a bit quicker in terms of like when I was like, oh, Nami on the island versus this, but the seed of like Hero Look being like, look at this symbol that I admire. This this the skull and crossbones against the world. It it means anything's possible. It's such a wonderful thing. Of like when I as a kid and when I read it, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. He's a big pirate fanboy. Um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't realize like what else we use the symbols of skull and crossbones for. And then it hit me like a, a like a brick to the face when it's like, oh, and then chopper, oh, and it all it all works together in this like child, like this like naive way that Chopper would look at it, just be like, oh, that's 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 the good symbol that if Dr. Right. Hero look likes it. It means it's the good symbol. And it's just right. this perfectly laid trap almost that uh, you sympathize with them. But uh, you're also like you also you're like Korea is like you got to. OK, this is exactly the issue here. It's like kind heart. That's great, buddy. That's wonderful. You're going to need a bit more than a kind heart to, <laughs> to pull this off. I'm sorry. And this is a perfect example of taking something at face value based on emotional experience rather than intelligence of mm -hmm. this is this is the reason why hero look great guy uh, uh on an emotional level 
wasn't the best teacher for you. <laughs> Ultimately. It's really I, I feel like, you know, in that moment, like Harry looks aware that he's eating a poisonous mushroom. Yeah. And still makes the decision to eat it anyways in order to build make Chopper feel better. confidence and, and make him feel like he saved the day and he's a successful doctor and like try to give him a win. I forgive it because Hero Look was dying um, already. So, like, yeah, he, this was yeah, nothing to lose. Like, if if he wasn't going to die, I I was not going. I would if I was in Hero Look's position, I was not going to kill myself for the process of making Chopper feel accomplished. <laughs> um, yeah, like so, but that's head. not that's not what we're talking about. I get it. So it's, um, but I just I, I I resonate with Karaha's thing of being like, there's 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 more to this than we, you can't run on good heart alone. You just that's a, I, 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 that hit, that hit home for me. So, um, yeah, yeah I think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tough chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, like a different situation from like we saw with, like Belmare who sacrificed her life for her ideals, but like Belmare could have survived. Whereas like here, look here, um, he was making a sacrifice, but it was more for what it meant. For Chopper, because like he's already accomplished the goal he's trying to do, he's already gonna die. So he's like you said, he's trying to build up Chopper's um, the confidence and make him feel better and give Chopper a win. Um, so to your point, like he may not have been the best teacher for like for being a doctor, but one thing is, I think he taught the importance of you know caring for people. So I feel like that's something that's harder to teach, um, and that's not something like you can get from like a book necessarily. So I feel like that's one thing that did pass on from here. Like was more of like how to care about things and how to be a good person. Um, so like the other stuff can kind of come along with like, you know, training, but like here, didn't really have the qualifications to do that, but um, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a very uh, good doctor himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I like also like on this, like this moment when um, like here like on his way out the door. Because like he feels like he was needed, but like he like slams the door and he comes back in to give Chopper one last uh like little um conference boost. Like you'll make a fine doctor. I'm living proof of that. And he has like this big smile on his face, and That's Chopper has a big smile on his face. So it's like it's very tragic in a way because it's like here looks like you know putting on like this face for Chopper to keep up the appearances and right. uh, it's kind of like a charade. Um, and Chopper is totally buying into it not realizing the gravity of the situation of what actually happened. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think the way, the way that plays out is like great storytelling. And like, um, to me, like the, these, these story beats, I think are just like really well laid out here. Yeah, I agree. I think like the jumping back and forth, the story and like, we're getting different bits of information as, as the story unfolds and it just becomes more and more tragic. Like the more we go through it, um, and it's not over. But not quite yet. yeah, this was a really hard chapter to swallow. Just because I feel like you sympathize with what Chopper's going through, like mentally, emotionally. Yeah, for sure. And then Hero too. Korea, um... too. Korea's, she's <laughs> shedding some tears too. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about, she does have. Um... Yeah, she she does care about Hero Look, um, but like, when she realizes what happens, like, um, yeah, she she hits Chopper for like 
misunderstanding, but that's not really his fault. Like he just wasn't taught well enough. So he had good intentions, but like, you know, Curry has again, more of the pragmatic side of things and sees more like you mess up the, the medicine part. Like she doesn't really care about like the heart part. Right. And the chopper's kind of like in denial at first, like, cause it's kind of like defying everything he believes. Um, and like now he's like realizing that like that he's going to kill Hero Look. So But like yeah, uh, does Korea doesn't say like hey he was gonna die already anyways. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's a bit of a bit of some missing info that he he uh the chopper might have appreciated to a degree, but I get that that's not her immediate, like, okay, let's clarify the situation while you continue to cry incredibly heavily. <laughs> well, I think, uh, well, I think he knew hurt. that he was at least, um, I don't know, like, if he knew that he was dying when he got the mushroom. Well, yeah, and then he's, he yeah. thinks he saved him, and then, yeah. all right, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, um, it's good stuff. I'm not yeah. saying either way bad, I'm just saying it's a bit, uh, takes a bit of brain wrangling to understand everything that's going on from every different character's point of view here. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, way, I really like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, if he was going to to die, like one way or the other, it's still it's still like a gut punch to Chopper, who thought he was helping, and now he's just making it worse. Agreed. Well, and uh, yeah, Hero Look uh, is also begging Kreha to teach Chopper how to be a real doctor. So that's also one of his concerns. So like, again, Kreha is uh, <laughs> kind of like. You know, like like who you like asking for favors like you want everything for free um and but like here looks like she she is like going to go along with that anyway but um yeah she kind of gives like this impression like i'm not going to do anything for you like what's in it for me and then uh, lastly like here look um like as his last act he feels he he can save this country we find out the 20 doctors um are sick so the only doctors in the country now are all sick. So he feels like he's their last hope. So he's going to go out there and try to save everybody. <laughs> well, I wish him luck. <laughs> uh, anything else on this one? It's an effectively done emotional uh, trap that Oda laid here, and uh, it's pulled off very well. For sure. I agree. Okay. Um, let's get the next part of Jongo's Dance Paradise Volume 15. Totally White Fever Dance Contest. The crowd goes wild for these dance moves. Yeah, so they're uh, still going. Still going. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, not, not much there. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the last. I mean, that party is popping oh. off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> uh, let's move on to chapter 145, Carrying on His Will. Herolok is shocked to see the 20 doctors that he came to save are all right. Wapo laughs and says that Herolok has evaded him long enough for defying the king's decree falling right into his trap. He orders him to be executed immediately. Herolik breaks down in relief that there is no actual emergency threatening the kingdom. As Wapo orders his men to kill him, Herolik says that they can't kill him. He asks, when does a man die? He goes on to say that it's not when he is killed, it's when he's forgotten. 
He may disappear, but his dream will live on. This moves Dalton to tears as he fears for the fate of his country. Hirolik says a monster will appear soon. It's his son, and he asks that they don't hurt him. Hirolik sits down, pours himself a drink, and thanks Chopper for a wonderful life. He explodes as Chopper arrives just a moment too late. Angry, Chopper tries to fight. Wapple orders for his men to shoot him, but Dalton transforms into his bison form to stop Chopper. Recognizing the importance of Hirolik's words, he apologizes to Chopper for Wapple laughing at Hirolik's death, but begs him to leave and to live on, letting Chopper escape. Wapple scolds Dalton for defying his orders. Dalton is done taking Wapple's orders and says that this country can't be saved if they go on treating people like this. Wapple has Dalton put in prison, saying he'll be let go only when he begs for forgiveness. Chopper goes to Kareha, waving Hirolik's flag over his grave, declaring he'll be the doctor to make a miracle cure that can cure everything. Back in the present, Luffy lands a heavy blow to Wapple's face with his gum gum bullet. Yeah, this is uh, like that emotional punch to really end the volume here. Certainly is. Yeah, so thoughts on this one? Uh, Man, he goes out in style. I'll give him that. Uh, For all my misgivings about him, he sure sure knows how to make an exit. um i i do love the whole uh oh thank goodness they're all actually fine that's yeah. great okay cool that was a great great line um i do love i remember the 20 doctors now the fact that the doctors are always like this they're just yeah. They're yeah. full scrub and full scrubs and always pose like this just like ready for surgery like, and they all speak in unison yeah <laughs> But yeah, yeah that's, that's a great moment. Epic way to go out for here, look. Yeah, uh, I like how he breaks down into tears when he finds out that they're going to kill him, but not because they're going to kill him, but because, yeah, like we just said, that the doctors are fine. So I just kind of like love that like little kind of twist where it seems like he's, it looks like he's crying at first for being betrayed, but that's not what he cares about. He just cares everybody's fine. He knows he's going to die anyway. So for him, like, that that's not what he cares about here. He's just glad that, he, that they don't need his help. <laughs> Yeah, I thought the thank goodness no one's sick line really yeah. hit home. Yeah, what did you think Dalton's of the uh, moment of like, holy shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dalton kind of seeing, uh, again, like how these people are being treated. And yeah, like enough's enough at this point. Yep. I do appreciate Dalton's way of being like, Chopper, I get what you're trying to do here, but if you can't even push me off of you, you're not going to be able to beat Waffles. So, like, you got to get out of here. Such a cool moment when they lock up. <laughs> yeah. Because you have Dalton, who is a human that's taken the ox ox fruit and so is able to turn into an animal. Oh, yeah. That's a good have, one, Evan. Yeah. And then you have <laughs> Chopper, who is a reindeer that ate the human fruit. So he's able to turn into a human. Yeah. Kind of cool seeing the the two of them clash. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what did you think of the speech? It's something I I broadly agree with. Is the idea? It's the whole like the only the the worst thing, thing the worst than death is is to be forgotten to be to be never even acknowledged. Whether like 
I mean, I disagree, like in the sense of like whether you're loved or hated. I'd rather be loved and forgotten than hated and remembered. But um, <laughs> <laughs> certainly. Um, but uh, it's 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 an effective way of putting things of just being like, it's not really the flesh that matters. It's the impact you had on the on the world. Um, it's not the the moment to moment existence of living. It's it's how you change things in your time here, however limited or long it may have been. It's right. I'm 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 a proponent of that certainly. Yeah, I think that was well said, John. And like, well, thank you. <laughs> and and this is a man who know who knows he's uh, Joe, like you said, living on borrowed time. You know, he already knows that he only his time is limited, um, which he limits himself multiple times in in the end of this book by drinking the soup and then taking his own life at the end with the explosive uh, concoction he drinks. Um, but yeah, powerful words, powerful words. Yeah, I, I love this concept here. I think this is like a really important concept for the series as a whole, uh, because there's a very much like an idealized version of, again, what it means to be a pirate, but going further than that is like, um, passing on like a legacy, uh, right from like the first like page of the series, we, have Roger being executed and we see his legacy and how he was remembered and how he inspired like a whole generation of people to become pirates. So like, I feel like that's like a, like a perfect embodiment of this, this concept here that hero is also uh, expressing. Um, so with hero it's important because he's passed down um, his ideals to chopper. So in a way by having chopper live, um, Hero gets to live on here as well. And Dalton, I think, really understands Hero's words here and tells Chopper like, not to throw his life away because you have to live on because you are you're carrying on Hero. So like, if you know if he dies here, then like Hero kind of dies as well because you know, Chopper is the one that knew Hero and you know embodies his his beliefs. So by Chopper being able to carry on, he can bring on our Hero's will as well, as the chapter would say, carrying on his will. So that's that's Chopper's um, kind of purpose here as well, and his way of honoring here. Look, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that's such a powerful theme, and like, yeah, in this world where pirates live very high stake lives, everything is life or death. You know, like every yeah. interaction they have with other people is usually a life or death situation, and so to have, like you said, a legacy or something to live for, it's like your life is shorter because it's not like, you know, you're living in an office job, you're nine to five, you're expected to live in, <laughs> you know, eighties or whatever, like they're pirates and they're living, you know, every day to its fullest and trying to leave a legacy or have a legacy to leave behind. You know, it's like, you don't, when your life is, is shortened like that, or at least, like I said, with like having living in a life or death, like high stakes sort of environment, um, you're going to try to reach that legacy sooner rather than later because your time is limited relatively speaking. Yeah. And they're kind of living for more than themselves in that way. Right. Where it's like, it's not just about the the life that they're living. Cause like you said, they're living like a life that's dangerous and their life could kind of end at any moment. So to them, that's a way of also having like this freedom and being something larger than life. So um, the way these pirates are kind of uh, gaining fame, I think, is a way to kind of express that. 
Mm -hmm. To be remembered. Yeah. And just as a concept as a whole, I think it's also touching um, as a way to also to cope with loss because that that is like, you know, just applying it to real life too. Um, like the people that we know, um, you know, when we lose somebody, uh, it's also important to remember like those, like the good times with them um, and what they brought to your life and the impact they had in your life. So beyond like just like the text of like the the pages here, I think it's also an important concept to to remember as well, like, like people in your own life that have had an impact on you because they also influence you in a way too, and you can kind of carry on uh, those elements of those people. Uh, those people have an impact on you and who you are as a person. So I, I think that's a really touching sentiment to to be able to kind of carry that on like in your own life too. Absolutely. Um, and on a different note, um, yeah, so actually, uh, <laughs> just to kind of uh, come back in here, um, I do like that uh, Hero Look also makes the decision to drink this, like, explosive uh, drink here. <laughs> so he, he goes out saying, Chopper, you didn't kill me. Because like, he died, like, basically three times. He was like, he yeah, really three, did. Three different ways. So. Yeah. <laughs> this man went through a book and is like, how many ways can I die without dying and then die? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Order Chopper's not the one that killed that him. one. Didn't work. Yeah, so I mean, it's Chopper's like still still losing him, but it's like the, it's like you get the coroner report and it's just like seven pages long. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Wait, which one was the cause of death? <laughs> uh, technically, explosion, but about another twenty minutes, it would have been poison, and also would have been just something else entirely. You <laughs> were supposed to die two weeks ago, but what? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I like that he makes that decision. So Chopper didn't actually be the one to kill him. Um, so he goes out on his own terms in that way. So a little detail. Um, but yeah. Um, and Dalton, um, you know, he stands up to, to Wapple. He gets put in prison. Um, so he, he's gotten to the, his, his point where he can't take it anymore. Uh, he's reached his limit and um, he makes a decision to stand up to Wapple, even though it means him going in prison, and he refuses to apologize and not mean it because he's uh, he's he's making this decision to to stand firm here. Good on him. Yeah, about time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this great ending of the chapter Ugh. with a really powerful punch from Luffy. Finishing How up that satisfying was that punch? <laughs> yeah, we waited so, like five uh, chapters for it. <laughs> yeah, they, chapters. they, they, they really are like, hey, you want to know just just how bad Wapple is? <laughs> like another reason for him to get punched in the face. This is going to yeah. be so much more satisfying. <laughs> that was an incredibly satisfying punch. I also like that. Um, when the punch was initiated, we only got the first part. We got bull. He only said bull, and then on the last page, we only get we get let for the yeah. rest of the bullet. That was yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't forget. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have to go back in. The I didn't have to go back. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for that for four chapters. So, wait, what was he gonna say? What was he gonna say? <laughs> okay. Um. 
so how about we wrap up the volume there? Uh, but before we do so, let's get Sean. Um, no, let's get Sean's rankings from Little Garden since we didn't get his last week. So let's uh, just get, get a quick um, list of his rankings. So we had uh, S tier was Along Park and then Baratier. A tier was Logtown, Romance Dawn, Zero Village, Orange Town. B tier was Whiskey Peak and Reverse Mountain. Where do you put Little Garden? Uh, I've heard I am in a similar situation with you two. Little Garden goes at the very top of A for me, dethroning Logtown at the top of A. So we're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good style. I swear I didn't talk to these two beforehand. You don't have to argue about that one. (laughs) No, it's just, I think uh, I told Joel it's just a really satisfying, like, cool, like, enclosed space of giant. I love the giants. I love them as kids. I love them even more now. Mr. Three, while I see, I've also heard we don't consider him enough of an arc villain, and I'd agree with that, but I still think he works well for what he is of, I love his his sipping tea and his just pure <laughs> his pure bond villain aesthetic and it, uh-huh. it goes very well for me so overall it's a it's a delightful uh little like piece of fantasy in the middle of one piece yeah uh, so we're on the same page we had like the same same thoughts yeah um, we, we enjoy old garden there's some uh some fun stuff there um yeah so great so that we now have the updated rankings and when we finish up um, the Drum Kingdom. We'll add that one next. How is Oda going to break our heart next? <laughs> Don't worry. There's, there's, there's a lot to come. <laughs> but that's for another time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that will conclude this week's episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found at wearereadingonepiecepodcast.buzzsprout.com or on our YouTube channel at We Are Reading One Piece. This is a spoiler-free channel up to where we have recorded the podcast so far. So if you are new to the series, you can visit the channel there. You can also find me and this podcast on my YouTube channel at Pirate King Codex for various One Piece content. Next week, we will be discussing Volume 17, Hero Looks, Cherry Blossoms. I've been Joel, and I've been joined by Sean. What a life it was. (laughs) (laughs) And Evan. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, guys, thanks for coming aboard. Be sure to bring along all of your hopes and dreams, and we'll see you on the next episode.